0: Hello, and welcome to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is your one stop shop for all things nutrition, fitness, and mindset. Our goal is to help you make fitness and nutrition a part of your life, not your whole life. We discuss a variety of topics, including faith, self awareness, sustainability, and consistency training programs, grocery store navigation, and how to enjoy your favorite foods without guilt or remorse. There is a lot of noise out there in the world of health and fitness, so we're here to provide real, reliable, and practical answers and recommendations that will keep you moving forward on your journey. My wife Ashley and I are your hosts, and please do not hesitate to reach out on social media to say hello, ask questions, or comment on this week's episode. So, without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back. This is episode 134, and today we are going over the top five most overrated supplements. And we're going to dive directly into the conversation today because there are no updates. In full transparency, I'm recording this episode about three minutes after I just recorded episode 133. So we're going to hop directly into the conversation today. And before I get to the first one on the list, I just want to say that, and you probably know this, but supplements are not regulated by the FDA, meaning that what's on the label, the ingredients, and even the efficacy of the products are not monitored. So, there can be some pretty sketchy shit going on across this industry as it relates to the ingredients as well as the efficacy of the product or whether or not it actually works. So we're gonna get into this list. I've ordered it to what I believe to be the most overrated to the least overrated. Uh, Again, they're all on this overrated list. So they're all overrated in some capacity, but one is definitely the most overrated and five is the least overrated. So number one on the list Branch chain amino acids. Now, amino acids are the building blocks of protein. They are essential to protein synthesis, or actually, re- like building muscle. Now, they're found in real foods, especially animal products like chicken, fish, turkey, beef, eggs, etc. They are found in some plant-based products as well, or plant-based sources, but those tend to have lower amino amino acid profiles and contents, and they're broken into two categories. There are essential amino acids and non-essential amino acids. Now, there are nine essential amino acids, but the big three are really leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Leucine directly stimulates protein synthesis, which means it plays a role in that muscle building process, a primary role. Isoleucine is associated with glucose metabolism, so it increases glucose uptake in muscles, which in theory allows you to train longer and harder. And valine doesn't do a ton compared to leucine and isoleucine, but it has been associated with um, activating an enzyme that's responsible for cellular growth. So that's another benefit. Now, those are the three big ones, but again, there are nine essential. Essential meaning our body does not produce them naturally, so we need to acquire them through food. Then there are an additional 11 non-essential amino acids. We're not going to get into all those because they're non essential. Our body produces them naturally. We don't need to obtain them through food sources. So, all that said, when you consume an adequate amount of protein... We're going to call adequate anywhere from 0.7 to 1.0 grams per pound of body weight. You are getting plenty of BCAAs. There is absolutely no reason to supplement them. Let me repeat that. If you eat enough protein, 0.7 to 1.0 grams per pound of body weight, there is absolutely zero advantage to supplementing BCAAs. So if you've been supplementing them, save your money because they tend to be expensive and they don't taste that great and they're completely unnecessary to your progress within your fitness journey. All right, hopefully that's enough said there. We're moving on. Number two, fat burners. These kinds of supplements often claim to block fat and carbohydrate absorption speed up your metabolism, and all sorts of other outrageous claims. But in reality, most fat burners are nothing more than stimulants or even amphetamines. Some of them have some pretty questionable ingredients. But the primary ingredients in most fat burners are things like caffeine, green tea extract, cardanine, really anything that is going to provide that stimulant reaction. So you, when you take these things, you feel more energized and your appetite is suppressed from the stimulants, but you're not actually burning more fat or blocking the absorption of carbs and it's highly unlikely that your metabolism is, is actually sped up. These supplements have actually never, I don't never is a strong word. These supplements have not been proven to be effective in the research at a consistent Uh, level there are of course studies that have found them to be effective but often those studies are funded by the companies that are creating these products so as a general consensus the research has not shown them to be effective in quote-unquote burning more fat the only way to again air quotes burn fat is to be in a calorie deficit you need to eat less than you expend that's it it's that simple this this pill these fat burners are not going to be the solution to the struggles you're experiencing with weight loss that can only be achieved through a calorie deficit okay so hopefully that clears that up moving on number 3 on the most overrated supplements top 5 most overrated supplements are green powders now i'm sure you've seen these all over the place they're incredibly popular and they have continued to rise in popularity but most of these supplements, they claim to provide like X number of servings of fruits and vegetables, reduce inf- inflammation, promote gut health, um, improve, can't speak, improve immune response, reduce bloating, regulate your glycemic response, and all kinds of other things. But unfortunately, these are not magic powders. <laughs> there is limited research to support any of those claims. These powders do not replace eating fruits and veggies, not in the least, and these powders actually eliminate one of the most valuable components of consuming adequate amounts of fruits and vegetables, which is fiber, and fiber has been shown. It's been proven to be significantly influential in gut health, glycemic response, weight control, bowel movements, and when we're depending on powders to get our micronutrients that we would typically get from fruits and vegetables, we're missing out on the fiber. Plus, these powders taste like shit. If you've ever had them, they literally taste like you're drinking dirt. And I don't think anybody can look me straight in the face and tell me they enjoy these powders because that would be a bold-faced lie. They are terrible. So that's our take on green powders. Now, if you take them and you like the placebo effect of these powders, you feel good, it makes you feel healthier, that's fine. You can continue to take them. They're they're likely not hurting you in any way. But again, these tend to be pricey. They tend to come in relatively small portion sizes to where you have to buy them frequently. And again, they're providing essentially no benefit. All right. Number four, multivitamins. Now, I think this has gotten better over the years, but at one point, I feel as if multivitamins were promoted in a way that, you know, They were just a necessary part of life. One a day keeps the doctor away sort of thing. I know my mom fed me a multivitamin every day of my life when I was a kid. But unfortunately, multivitamins provide limited, if any, benefit. In fact, some of these vitamins actually have really high doses of specific micronutrients that when consumed consistently can actually have some adverse reactions. Now, sure, there may be instances where multivitamins can be used to, like, quote-unquote, fill in the gaps in your nutrition. Or if you have some sort of condition that you need to supplement vitamins, then, of course, they need to be taken. However, these should not be considered long-term solutions for the majority of the population or replacements for nutrient-rich foods. If you're consuming 500 to 800 grams of real nutrient-dense fruits and veggies every day, you do not need a multivitamin. You're getting plenty of vitamin A, vitamin C, D, E, K, all of the alphabet, and you're getting plenty of minerals as well. So that's our take on multivitamins, and we're going to round this list out with the fifth most overrated supplement, which is pre-workout. Now... Let's start with this question. Is pre workout bad for you? Mm, not really. Now, th- that comes with an asterisk, but it's not that pre workout is bad for you. It's the types of pre workouts, the ingredients, and how, you know, time of day that we're ingesting it, et cetera. There are a lot of factors that come into play. It's not necessarily just yes or no. Of whether they're bad for you. Most people take pre-workouts for the extra energy and, you know, the that feeling of stimulant before a workout. And that's exactly what they're designed for. Pre-workouts are stimulants and they typically contain ingredients like caffeine, beta alanine, creatine, uh, monohydrate, and others. Now, the caffeine alone, just by itself, there's tons of research around caffeine. It's been shown to increase Aerobic endurance upwards of fifteen percent, muscular strength by anywhere from like two to seven percent, anaerobic power anywhere from like seven to eight and a half percent, when ingested about an hour before performance or before the activity, with the average dose being around three to six milligrams per kilogram of body weight. So for a hundred and eighty pound man like myself, that would be about two hundred and forty to 400 plus milligrams of caffeine about an hour before the session or the performance. Now, overall, the evidence is relatively inconsistent when it comes to whether or not pre-workouts actually provide any benefit for the average gym goer who's just trying to look better naked and feel better throughout the day. So what you really need to take into consideration of whether or not pre-workout is worth it for you is your overall caffeine consumption throughout the day, the time of day you're training, and the goals that you're pursuing. So research has shown that your, the suggested or the recommended amount of caffeine intake for an individual or the tolerable amount is 300 to 500 milligrams per day. That's safe and tolerable for most adults. That's still a hell of a lot of caffeine. If you think about the average cup of coffee being anywhere from 80 to 100 milligrams, that's anywhere from three to five cups of coffee per day or two cups of coffee in the morning and some pre-workout in the evening. It adds up pretty quick. And if you're already consuming three to four cups of coffee throughout the day and you're still fucking dogged by 5 p.m. and then you have to work out and you're going to take pre-workout, or flip that on its head and you wake up at 4 in the morning and need some pre-workout just to get awake and actually get through your session, most pre-workouts have anywhere from 300 to 500 milligrams in one serving. So if you add that on to your already three to 400 milligrams a day, you are well above that tolerable intake to a point where you are going to start having adverse health outcomes. A second thing to keep in mind is that the half-life of caffeine is five hours or about five hours. That means five hours after you've ingested it, half of it is still in your body. So if you're training in the evening and you're getting off work and you're slamming a pre-workout around five o'clock at 10 o'clock half of it is still in your system and if you had a a high level of caffeine in that pre-workout let's say to make the math easy 500 milligrams 250 milligrams is still in your system that's like having two and a half cups of coffee still in your system at 10 p.m at night that's definitely going to impact your ability to get a full night's sleep or get quality sleep now some individuals are more tolerant than others so it it's not necessarily a blanket statement. It's just a general guideline that can help you. So time of day is definitely going to impact whether or not you should consume it. And then lastly, you have to consider what, uh, what goal you're pursuing. Again, if you're pursuing just to look better naked, to feel better throughout your day, and to live a long, healthy life, you likely don't need pre-workout. The benefits aren't going to... There aren't going to be benefits associated with it. If you're trying to achieve peak athletic performance, then there may be an opportunity to supplement some kind of pre-workout, specifically caffeine, because that's what the majority of the research is surrounded uh, or surrounds, to move that needle one extra tick or to achieve that 1% improvement. So those are the three things to keep in mind when it comes to pre-workout. That wraps it up for the top five most overrated supplements. Hopefully that was eye-opening. Hopefully it provided some context to those opinions and what you've heard outside of this channel. Uh, and if you have anything you'd like answered specifically with those, whether it's anything on the list or something outside of the list when it, in regards to supplements, please do not hesitate to send us a DM on Instagram at ballistic.performance or reach out via email at hello at trainballistic.com. More than happy to dive into any supplement with you and answer any questions you may have. But Please, if you enjoyed what you heard, if you thought it was beneficial, share this episode with your family, friend, training partner, anyone who needs to hear it and who can benefit from it. And as always, we appreciate you so much for tuning in and we hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, Ash and I just want to take a moment to express our thanks and gratitude We are so incredibly blessed to have your support and we could not continue to show up week in and week out if it were not for you. If you enjoy what you hear on this channel, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. Lastly, if you don't follow us across all of our other social media accounts, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Our handles are either ballistic.performance or ballistic performance across all of those platforms. Or you can check us out online at trainballistic.com. Again, we appreciate and love you so much and we hope you have a fantastic week.